Welcome back to the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle, and we have a new Penn State commitment to talk about. The huge whiteout weekend went as expected for Penn State. It picks up one commitment. It also hosted hundreds of visitors. Who stood out? Who made an impression? We'll get into that and much more on the Blue White Illustrated Football and Recruiting Podcast. Ryan, you survived the weekend. It was a light one, a long one, and uh, you're looking pretty good here on a Tuesday morning. So, how you doing? And let's just start with your general thoughts of the weekend. I have never seen so many recruits at Beaver Stadium, and I've never seen them on the field that early. It was quite the scene. Well, you were just uh, you were just as busy as I was, man. So that goes right back to you. Um, appreciate all the help with recruiting, of course. Um, yeah, man. Well, how about the line to go shake Franklin's hand? Have you ever seen? I mean, I've never seen anything like that. No, um, and they were grouping kids up in ways I've never seen before. It was like it was. I'm sure they put a lot of thought into how they could efficiently do that because you know, as you well know, if you miss one kid and you don't get him out there, and he stands on the sideline and says, "Hey, uh, how come those other 65 kids got to go out and shake Coach Franklin's hand and I didn't?" You know, it can really ruin an otherwise good visit. There's a lot of little things that I think people forget about that really goes into all this, and it's impressive that they were able to pull it off the way they did. I have a story for that. I, that happened Ooh. to Trayvon Diggs and D- Dwayne Haskins a long time ago. Uh, you know, whenever they were recruits, they came up for, I think it was actually Penn State, Maryland in whatever year that was. And I remember being on the sidelines and they never went out there. And, um, you know, I talked to them about it then after the game. But of course, both of them ended up being top prospects. Now, I think, you know, neither of them really uh, aiming to end up at Penn State, but I'll just never forget the, forget that story. So anyway, um, Let's let's get away from the past and talk about the present. And yeah, that was an incredible showing, man. Um, I think the the final list ended up somewhere around 130 players, uh, over 50 uncommitted scholarship holders uh, were were there. Incredibly deep 2023 class. I mean, the, the I wouldn't be shocked at all if 60 percent of Penn State's 2023 class was at that game. Um, you know, just, just if you go through the list, I mean, I can find a dozen kids easily who, yeah. who makes sense. And, you know, we're here in the summertime and, and, you know, returning for either their second or third visit, uh, that, that will end up here and we'll, we'll get into those guys, but yeah, man, that was, that was just an incredible, um, it showing was. on the sidelines, man, you were there with me and, you know, trying to get pictures of everybody and, and just every time we're like, okay, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Here goes another it wasn't, group yeah. of like 30 it kids, man. Yeah, they yeah. just kept coming and coming. And, uh, you know, they, they try with the whole handshake at midfield thing to keep it, you know, they can't do 130 handshakes. But you also, at least from outside looking in, it felt like, not that it got disorganized, but, you know, there were just so many kids going that it was right. <laughs> just rolling them through, man. And, uh, of course, I think most of the top prospects got through there. But, uh, yeah, that was a that was a showing. I saw Andy Frank on the sidelines with a megaphone <laughs> trying yeah. to organize and Ken yeah. Sanders out there trying to organize. Um, Dan Cabala was walking. I believe it was Dan Cabala walking around with hand sanitizer. I mean, it was uh, they had all the boxes <laughs> checked, man. It was it was quite the spectacle. Well, you talk about the class of 2023 and how many of the guys on hand could end up in Penn State's ultimate signing class next year. And they're currently batting 100 percent. I'm pretty sure because Alex Berkshire was there and so was Lamont Payne, who I think becomes one of the first prospects to ever commit at midfield prior to a whiteout. And it was interesting because you and I were standing there right around the 40-yard line, 50-yard line behind Penn State's bench, and we saw Lamont go out to the field, 
And you could tell he's you knew the moment he said to James Franklin that he was committing, and they obviously That's celebrated and everything else. So it was pretty cool. And Penn State picks up a four star corner in addition to beating Auburn. Let's start there as we get into the visitors list on the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. A big get for Penn State. And according to the interview he did with you, a guy who could have committed sooner and instead waited till now to do so. Yeah, well, just I'll add that that handshake thing. You know, we we knew he was coming. You know, obviously we did the interview a couple of days ahead of time. We had it ready to go. Wait, so you didn't um, talk to him at halftime? No, <laughs> no, of course not. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you what, Mick. I I felt like Franklin's reaction. Maybe he's just playing it. Uh, but I mean, he looked genuinely kind of surprised. Uh, yeah, he. Did. I thought so too. Yeah, I thought so too. Like he was super hyped and you know like oh my god you you serious you know i mean he was he was pumped up about it so it did feel like genuine that that maybe james didn't know but uh yeah of course man this is this is somebody uh we've been banging this drum for a month now really you know he came to that uh, he came to that june uh what was it six uh white out camp and you know he did say after that that he was seriously considering commitment pretty much in the days that followed and, you know, ever since then, he, he, you know, he returned like two weeks later. And then, of course, he returns for the Lash Bash. And that that's when it was really clear that, OK, yeah, it's kind of a matter of time, whether it's this fall or, you know, he waits longer. You know, there's, I don't see any school coming up towards Penn State or surpassing them. So that was that that's been a long time in the making. And really, when you go back to that camp, man, I, I, we talked about this on the last podcast, but it was his performance against Caden Saunders that really kind of. Um, you know, put put uh, Lamont from that. Uh, I have a verbal offer, but I need to perform well this season to you know um, lock in my my. I don't want to say commitment, but you know to, to make sure Penn State absolutely will take you whenever is, is what I'm trying to say. And, yeah. and you know, with him locking down Caden, that that was pretty much when Terry Smith was like, "Okay, I got to have this guy." And as someone who watched Caden a few times this summer, uh, I, I didn't see really anyone able to do that. Now, I wasn't allowed at Penn State's camps this year, so I didn't get to watch it personally. Uh, right. But we had multiple uh, people that we trust in Lash that were very impressed with that. So I'll take their word for it. Uh, but he, he's a pretty physical corner. That's that's the one thing that kind of stands out from his film. Has pretty good recovery skills. Now, I will say he's been playing with an injury for at least the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, his recent film, there, there's not a lot of it. And so yeah. I, we're, we're basing a lot more on, on sophomore film than, than anything else. But uh, he ran a solid 4-5-40 at Penn State. And then he ran a high 4-4 at Pitt, from what I was told. And, you know, the knock on him is just, you know, is is he is he fast enough for this level? And uh, Penn State clearly thinks he is. Now, you know, with 16 or so months to go until he can sign, you know, he's got – and really, it's, you know, two years or so until he's going to even really get to Penn State – you know, he has plenty of time to keep keep improving on those numbers and, and, and get faster. Uh, but, you know, 4-5, that's, that's not that's not terrible. Penn State has slower cornerbacks or, or defensive backs, we'll say, uh, on their roster currently. So, um, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's a great pickup for Penn State. Just been a long time coming. And, you know, off the field, everything matches up. This kid fits Penn State perfectly from a character perspective, uh, you know, cares about all the right things. And, oh, by the way, uh, he's he's good friends with uh, <laughs> Roddy Gallagher's, the Tamir Robinsons, and yep. all those top prospects on Team Evolve, which is a elite 7-on-7 team in Pittsburgh. 
Yes, so a really good gift for Penn State. Lamont Payne rated this a four-star by Rivals. 5.8 is his Rivals rating. Number 228 nationally, 32 at his position, and number 8 in Pennsylvania, 61170. We have him listed at out of Chartier's Valley. So West Virginia, obviously, is in the mix here. Pitt was in the mix here, but Penn State separates itself and lands a Western PA talent that is a guy who... If again, if 2020 was normal, and we're going to have to preface this with a lot of guys that commit in 2023, but if 2020 is normal, I think you see a wider offer list for Lamont Payne. I think you see more teams in the mix. But if you're Penn State, you're okay with that because you know what he's capable of. You've seen it in person, and you've seen him go against, again, a guy who is one of Penn State's top commits in the current cycle and do a pretty good job. So number two uh, commitment for Penn State. Obviously, we don't know how big this class of 2023 will be. There's a lot that will go into that, but they're off to a great start. Alex Birchmeyer is one of the best offensive linemen in the country right now, according to the rankings, and Lamont Payne is, is clearly seen as one of the better mid-Atlantic prospects on defense. So a good get here and for Penn State Ryan I think that you know we'll get into the 2023 class more in a bit in terms of who's on campus for Auburn but you're starting to get the sense I think it, or at least I am that this 23 group could be as special as the 22 one currently is yeah for sure uh the you know I've talked a little bit already about when you look at comparing to who's ranked now as a four star and, and in the rivals 250 the region as a whole is down a little bit but right uh the the top guys are all pretty serious about Penn State for the most part. I'd say about 80% of those uh, four-star players who are ranked currently uh, in you know New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia as well, that a good chunk of them have already at least been on campus once, and uh, now a good chunk of them returned for Auburn for at least like their second. Some have been on uh, three times now, so you know they they'll have to they'll have to hit a, a pretty high rate uh, for this 2023 class because. Uh, as we've said on before, I think Maryland has two or three four-star players this year, which is drastically down. New Jersey's down, and even Virginia to some degree too. Pennsylvania's at a pretty, pretty average number as far as uh, top prospects. But uh, yeah, definitely a good start, man. And you know, we'll, let's do 2022 guys before we go into 2023. But uh, I can I can point out a couple uh, 2023 guys here towards the end where uh, I think there's a very good chance they end up here at some point. Visit bluewhiteillustrated.com for the latest Penn State football and recruiting news. You can join us inside the Lions Den Premium Forum for all the updates. A lot of this visitor list, folks, was posted in the Lions Den by Ryan prior to it hitting the front page of the site on game day. So check us out, bluewhiteillustrated.com, complete coverage of Penn State athletics. All right, let's get into that 2022 group, Ryan. Because of the fact that Penn State's class of 2022 is so full already for the most part. It wasn't as big of a list of official visitors for the whiteout game as maybe fans have come to expect. Obviously, the other change, too, is that guys took official visits in the summer, so they didn't have it available for now. But mm -hmm. most of Penn State's commits were here. Uh, they had a couple official visitors on campus. Let's start with Jay Sean Barham, the, the linebacker out of Baltimore, Maryland, St. Francis, four-star guy who Posted some photos on Facebook, seemed to enjoy his visit, does not really have any interest in talking to reporters, so we didn't get a whole lot to, you know, we haven't learned a whole lot about not just this visit, but his recruitment in general. Um, but he's one of the guys that with Penn State working with limited spots in this class that, that they're targeting, um, you know, as potentially a guy they could add. Yeah. Well, I will say that Penn State, just from the limited talks I've had so far, that they, they felt they did a good job and they, they thought his family enjoyed their time and had, they had some good talks, especially Sunday. They, um, 
know, just just I've had two talks with with people now about Barham, and and the 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 feeling is that they maximize the visit. So that's yeah. that's a good, and, and trust me, like I I know sources should from Penn State should always feel good about it, but the, I don't always hear that. I mean, there were um you know a couple guys this summer where where people were like, yeah, you know, we think we did everything we could, but that player left here and, and we didn't think that, you know, either state college was a fit for him or whatever it is. So it's not always sunshine and rainbows when I speak with sources. So that was a good thing uh, to hear that they, you know, they felt like they maximized everything the best that they could. Now, Barham, just like his teammate, Andre Roy, who will hit at the end here, is just incredibly quiet, um, reserved in his recruitment, especially, and it's not just with reporters, you know, it's, it's with coaches too. He's just not one to, you know, some players open up behind the scenes and will tell coaches their exact order of schools. Uh, Barham and, and Roy are just definitely the let exact me stop. Order. Let me stop you there right. a second. How hard does that make a recruiting job for a staff when they can't get, you know, the kind of info they need out of a kid to push in the way that's going to help them land a kid? I mean, every program's dealing with it. It's not like Penn State's the only one that has this issue. But how difficult does that make it and what can they do, if anything, to combat it? Well, it's especially difficult right now when you have three scholarships, maybe somewhere right. in that ballpark that you can give. And you're trying to like for Roy, for example, you have Emil Wagner over here who is probably their their top offensive tackle prospect. There's not a big gap between Roy and Wagner, but if they could pick between the two, they'd probably lean towards Wagner. Um but there's only so much you can do. You know, you, you build relationships with coaches. Some coaches are hands on with it and they really know what the player's thinking. Others just kind of let the family and the player do everything. So it's there's no real answer to that. It's more gray than black and white. Uh, it just depends on the circumstances and, you know, who within the family is willing to open up and speak on behalf of the player, I guess. Now for these two, uh, it feels like it's definitely the player's decision from what I gather from Penn State people. Um, now, you know, the, the family, I think, wants both to stay close to home. And you can see that in their list. It, you know, yeah. Roy, pretty much Maryland, Penn State, maybe Rutgers. I think it's Maryland, Penn State. And then Barham should be Maryland or Penn State, too. Um, although Florida is really pushing hard for an official visit with there with with Barham, and if they get one, I'll be curious to see how that works out. Uh, but I still would would lean towards those guys staying somewhat close to home, uh, which is a good sign. So, just a tough read, man. This is you know you we get I don't know five players a year who are just you're not going to get them for interviews, and you you can reach the you can speak with the coaches all you want, and I'm. I'm when I say coaches, I mean high school coaches. Uh, and then, you know, for me personally, I just rely on Penn State sources to the best of my ability. And, you know, like I said, they, they feel as if they maximize the visit. Uh, but where that takes them down the road, uh, I think Barham is going to commit in October. So we have a, maybe another four or five weeks to kind of see where it all shakes out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that when you look at his recruitment, it does seem clear now that he wants to stay close to home and that, a school that is within probably, you know, I don't know, 250, 300 miles of Baltimore is probably going to be the one that lands him. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, let's move on to Amari Evans, a receiver from Texas who made the trip up. I'll play his film. I forgot to play Demont Payne. So if you're watching us, youtube.com slash Blue White Illustrated, I'll throw that up in our 2023 segment. But Amari Evans makes a trip up. Receiver, Penn State obviously has some commits there already in this cycle. Um, but they're still recruiting a couple of guys, and he's one of them. So I think Penn State definitely gave him something to think about, uh, you know, coming into this weekend, Rutgers, and especially, you know, just 
Rutgers sources were given, you know, our, our colleagues who cover them the, the impression that they were the team to beat. Uh, and, you know, I still think to some degree that is true. But why hasn't he not committed to Rutgers yet? That's what's kind of hard to figure out here because there was a lot of talk in June that that was close to happening uh, or potentially July. So, you know, we'll, let's see. Let's see how, how things shake out here. I think Penn State did a good job. They're, they're, I think they'll definitely would take him. Um, and his offers, his offer list is peculiar to some degree because, you know, with a 4-3-40 and, um, you know, he has pretty solid highlights too. Definitely, um, you know, makes, makes some big plays. It, I'm just kind of curious as, as to why more schools aren't, aren't pushing hard for him. You know, he did tell me that Baylor and Houston have stepped up interest a little bit. Uh, but th- but this should absolutely be a Penn State or Rutgers. And one thing I did um, learn from context the other day is that he's actually from Ohio, and that that's something I didn't know, um, you know, in the weeks leading up to this. So that that kind of makes a little more sense as to why Penn State Rutgers are, um, you know, in the mix more than maybe yeah, some. Not of the all Texas the sense, schools. but so, it helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. This one's, you know, I think I think Penn State would take him. And, you know, if I had to make a pick today, I'd probably lean Rutgers. But why hasn't he why hasn't he not made that move yet, man? That's that's what's um, interesting to me. And, yeah. you know, when we've seen these situations in the past, when it when a player holds off on committing, especially to a school like Rutgers, who's had very poor results in recent years. Now, I do genuinely believe uh, Shiano definitely will have them going in the right direction. But. You know what's what's Rutgers's cap? Well, you know what's their ceiling uh, in the years to come? Seven wins, eight wins. You know, I, I think even eight wins is being uh, great, right. nice. We'll yes. say, but maybe you know, maybe that's having him. You know, think about it. So, uh, Penn, but Penn State definitely wants him. They're they're high on him, and I, I believe if he wants to commit in October, and you know, he originally told me a month ago that he was thinking about committing here at the end of September. Now he's saying more so October, which makes sense. That's fine. Don't rush it. Uh, but if he if he wants to make a move here in the next couple of weeks, I do believe Penn State would add him. Very good. Well, he's a guy that they saw in person just like Lamont Payne during a camp earlier this year, and that solidified their interest in him and things like that. So time will tell on that front. Another guy who was in town on an official in the 2022 class, and you talked about him a minute ago, was Emil Wagner, an offensive lineman who – has said that he is going to sign and decided the Army All American Bowl. I believe he's playing in. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, he's going to wait to decide. Bowl now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the All American Bowl. He's going to wait to decide. He is in no rush to make a decision, and he's going to see some of the best games in the country this year because of that. So, what feel mm-hmm. does you get from him in terms of where Penn State stands and whether or not it's going to be able to wait out his decision? Yeah. Well, well to clarify one thing, he was on an unofficial. Um, Larry okay. Turner Gordon was the third official visit. So Emil, Emil took his official visit in the summertime with Penn State. It was the final week of June. So, um, you know, another guy that I, I think the whiteout really left a, a great impression on, um, you know, so what the big development in his recruitment recently was his brother being hired as a graduate assistant at Kentucky. Uh, Ahmad, Ahmad Wagner is his brother. He played basketball originally at Iowa and then transferred to Kentucky to play football for, I believe it was his junior and senior year. And his senior year, he actually had a pretty good year. And then he was with the Chicago Bears, I believe, on their practice squad. Uh, yeah, I know like throughout training camp and whatnot, I believe he got cut. And then he just now recently joined Kentucky as a graduate assistant within the last handful of weeks. So with that happening – uh, and, you know, obviously Emil's already pretty high on Kentucky. They're one of his top three or four schools. The, the, mind, the, the thought now is, man, that's going to be hard to beat. And I, I do still kind of feel like that's going to be the case. But 
this this visit definitely left a big impression on him. His family loved it. Uh, Mill loved it, and he's one. He's the exact opposite of guys like Roy and Barham, where he's very open and, and honest about anything. You can ask him anything, and he he'll, he'll open up about it. So yeah, to me, uh, I think Penn State definitely improved its chances with him. But what happens with Roy here is going to have a huge impact. You know, if he commits, which you know he's scheduled to commit tomorrow. We're doing this. On yeah, September I was going to say right. Yeah, so remember, if you're listening to this a little bit later in the week, if you save it for your drive up to Villanova, that decision has already been made. So check out BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for more on that. Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. I was going to say it's supposed to be made, but I mean, we were going to save Roy a little for the end, but like. I don't even know what he's going to do and we're a day out. And usually by now I have a pretty good idea of what someone's going to right. do. So this one is completely up in the air. Uh, but my point is if Roy were to commit, I don't really know if Wagner's Penn state is going to continue recruiting him. And when I speak with people, they're saying like, yeah, we would still add Emil Wagner, but just to me, man, it feels very unrealistic when you have all these other top guys still out there. So let's see how it works out. Uh, he, he's planning to go to Notre Dame, USC, uh, Notre Dame is very much in the mix as well as Kentucky. Uh, and he's also talking about going back to Kentucky for an LSU visit. He, he visited Kentucky and Ohio State before we got to Penn State. So let's see how it plays out, man. With his brother at Kentucky, I, I find that uh, difficult to beat out. But, you know, this, this visit definitely helped Penn State, man. He loved the whiteout. I mean, he really raved about that experience. I, I think out of the, the, the 2022 guys I've spoken with so far, he – he was definitely uh, the most open about you know that experience and the impact it made on him. So Larry Turner Goods, another guy you mentioned, he was the other unofficial visitor. He is definitely a California guy. You know, he has mm-hmm. the sunglasses, the swag a little the bit. Ton of shades. I yep. love them. They were great. Yeah, he yeah he uh, he made an impression on the sideline when all those kids are out there. That's for sure. Um, what can you tell us about him? I believe Sam Spiegelman may have caught up with him recently. Gorney. Or at least got, Adam, Gorney. Or Adam Gorney did. Okay, yes. Yeah. Adam Gorney, the guy Penn You're State fans remember. You're still learning people, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> just remember, he's the one that's solely responsible for Drew Allard's four-star. Just keep that in mind. But uh, at any oh, rate, um, <laughs> at any rate, uh, this is a guy who's committed to Arizona State, made the trip to Penn State. Obviously, Arizona State has all kinds of fun stuff going on with the off-field recruiting issues. Um what is your take here? Was he a surprise to you to show up? And how does Penn State fit into his recruitment? So uh surprise, no, because we knew we knew Penn State's been on him for a while. I mean, Terry Smith has been recruiting uh Larry for a long time, and especially with the whole Arizona State situation and, yeah. and what's going on there, uh that's only given Penn State more of a reason to to push hard. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a complete surprise that he showed. Uh I knew Penn State, I mean Penn State was trying to get him on campus in the summertime. Uh just from briefly speaking with with uh, Turner Gooden, uh, Adam caught up with him. You know, he said that the coaches and atmosphere stood out. You know, I was just fortunate enough to be there. You know, and had a good experience. Uh, Penn State is still up there in my. I'm hoping a little later today that was our plan. So I'm hoping to have a, a good recap. Maybe by the time you, you guys are reading this, it'll already be up. The the big thing with Turner Gooden is. Um, so he plays on a seven-on-seven team with Armand Hawkins. Okay, he's he's the father of Chris Hawkins, who's the defensive back coach at Arizona State, who's now currently on administrative leave. So there is a very close tie there with Arizona State, and it makes sense as to why he's committed. And um, you know that, like I said, Armand's kind of I don't know mentor, whatever you want to call it, but he's he's in charge of the seven-on-seven team that he plays for. So just curious to see how that Arizona State situation plays out, man. That's gonna 
really have a big impact on him. I think he wants to go there, but uh, you know, if there are some serious uh, penalties that come out or uh, sure. you know, Hawkins is let go. I mean, if Hawkins is let go, I think there's a real chance he were to go elsewhere. Uh, Texas is supposed to get him for an official visit. LSU is pushing Oregon, I believe. And then I think USC was maybe the other one. So um, I don't expect this recruitment to be over anytime soon. Uh, it'll, it'll drag out well, well into, um, you know, probably, probably the entire season. And, and, you know, maybe by early signing day, we'll, we'll know what's going on, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes further than that. You are listening to the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We are recapping Penn State's extremely busy weekend with the whiteout game, Auburn victory, and hundreds of recruits on campus. Uh, we talked about the 2022 guys. We talked about Lamont Payne committing, and that's a good transition to the next part of this conversation, Ryan, which is class of 2023 guys. Who on that list stood out to you in terms of the guys that made an impact? Well, uh, depends on depends on how you want to look at it. When it comes to standing out to me, as far as like top looking prospects, man, uh, I'm going to roll on Payne's film now. Yeah, okay. Jamil Lyons was like I, I I've never met him before. Uh, I knew he came up to Penn State and killed it. Man, he is a really good looking prospect. Six four, two forty. He ran a four eight at Penn State this year in a four five shuttle. And dude, this guy, um, I mean, he kind of looks like. Like Smith Vilbert did back, in the, like he he looks incredibly good looking physically. I'll just be curious to see uh, how that recruitment plays out. Uh, he's from Roman Catholic in Philadelphia, but um, I believe you're you're more so referring to you know guys who were impressed with the whiteout. And um, you know we've caught up with I don't know maybe half the guys who uh, attended in, in the 2023 class. And you know of course everybody's going to rave about this man when you when you come up for this atmosphere. You're going to love it. It, it. We see it every year. And then when Penn State wins and it's a close game like that and, you know, throughout the entire game, the crowd's into it and, you know, everything played out pretty much perfectly as far as Penn State's concerned in, in regards to, um, you know, what what they want recruits to see at that kind of a game. So a lot of guys to a lot of guys we can get into, um, you know, you interviewed Matthias Barnrow and Ronnie Gallagher. Well, what were they what were they telling you? I mean, those those are two really important guys. Yeah, so the big takeaway for me talking to Matthias was that, you know, he was committed to Penn State, of course, and the Nittany Lions were willing to uh, you know, he opened his recruitment back up and we all know that. And the fact that he has been, you know, the message he received from Penn State at that point in time was more or less like, look, we get it. You committed too soon. You want to take visits, but we're still going to be on you. And the fact that Penn State handled it that way really helped him stay in this recruitment. He was blown away, of course. He's not ready to decide yet, but I think there's a chance he could decide by maybe the end of the year or early in 2022. And Penn State, to me, is 100% in the driver's seat. He said that Notre Dame's a school that's recruited him pretty hard, but they want him just for the defensive line. Some schools think he's going to grow into an offensive lineman. Um, you know, Penn State recruiting him as a tight end at this point, and they'll wait and see what happens. So I was impressed with him. And then Rodney Gallagher, man, uh, he was effusive in his praise to Penn State. That was maybe one of the more impressive interviews I've done. If you're a Penn State fan, you can read it at bluewhiteillustrated.com because he was just blown away by everything that he experienced. And to me, Ryan, um, he's a guy that another Western PA kid that they're going to do everything they can to land, and I think they sit in absolutely tremendous shape. They're, they – they need him. I mean, he's he's not only is he a two sport athlete, he would be excellent as far as um, dude, he would be a walk on in basketball. Think about that for a second, because he would count against football team if that works out. So I know Micah Shrewsbury is pushing hard for, for Penn State to get him because that would be an awesome, 
uh, walk on addition. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's an incredibly important prospect. I'm actually going out to see Rodney in um, two weeks play Val Vernon and Quentin Martin, man. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that game. Quentin Martin was also up this week, and he's a 2024 player. I've talked about a good bit. I think he's going to be uh, the, the top player in, in Pennsylvania for his class. So just a couple other guys I'll, I'll roll through quick here. Uh, Nick Harbor was up. Man, Nick Harbor, I, I didn't realize how – I mean, I, I saw 6'4", 6'5", uh, but, man, he, he looks like Usain Bolt. Like, seriously, he has all the size and um, – you know, everything you would want from a, a world-class kind of sprinter. So, you know, he ran a, this is the player who ran a 10, 31, hundred meter dash out in Oregon and uh, you know, just looked absolutely excellent on the, on the track and field scene this year. So to me, I mean, this, he's one of the best, I was researching this. I mean, he's genuinely considered one of the best uh, track and field sprinting prospects uh, in the United States right now. So I'll be very curious to see what direction he goes and how that impacts Penn State too. Cause Penn State has a, a decent track and field program, but uh, nothing like you see down South with, with those elite sprinters, um, you know, at the Arkansas and LSUs of the world. So I'll just be curious to see how that impacts him. His sister did graduate from Penn State, I believe it was 24. 14 2015 yes. I think it was 2014 so um let's see uh Kobe Keenum 6'4 285 from Mars Hill Bible School in Florence Alabama was up uh the one thing I really noticed from him is he hung out with Alex Birchmar like the entire time on the sideline and the one thing that contacts keep telling me is you know they feel good because they host him for a visit this summer and everything went well and you know all that uh, but he's also developed a, a really good relationship with Birchmeyer. And then that was the one thing I noticed every time I saw him, you know, he was hanging out with Birchmeyer, smiling, having a good time. So that was good to see. He's definitely a guard prospect at the next level. Uh, Evan Link, 6'6", 280 from Gonzaga in Washington, D.C. was up. Um, I think I think he could be a tackle. I, I have to I have to ask. He's kind of right in that in that zone where he could maybe be either way. But this is his second visit now. He came back in July or he came – First up in July, and now this was his return visit. Evan's pretty quiet about his recruitment. He'll he'll text with us a little bit, and you know, but that hasn't really opened up. I would say so. Like to learn more about him, and then one other top offensive line prospect, Josh Padilla, six four two eighty five from Wayne High School in Huber Heights, Ohio. Uh, just another guy who was here this summer, came back now. Ohio State's considered the favorite, so to get him back on campus uh, within um, what is it two and a half months. Uh, is, is, is definitely a great sign. It's not going to be easy to beat out the Buckeyes for a top prospect in Ohio, but uh, good good to see him back. So a very solid group of offensive linemen. And it was a very good group of, of linebackers too. Uh, Phil Pixiotti, Tamir Robinson, Josiah Trotter. Uh, Tony Rojas is a player that's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, I believe he, he came up and killed it at Penn State. Uh, one of their camps ran like a 4-5, I believe. Um, really, really impressed Penn State that day. And then Grant Tucker uh, from from North Carolina is another. He, we have him listed as an athlete, but he, he'll be a solid linebacker. So deep, pretty pretty deep offensive line, pretty deep tackle class, or pretty deep linebacker class um, that came up. And then also uh, quarterbacks, too, if you want to get into quarterbacks a bit. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah. There's no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I absolutely do. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for sticking with us on the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. We're working through some technical issues here, and uh, I had myself muted because I was making too much noise while trying to fix those, and then forgot to unmute myself. So yes, let's talk quarterbacks quick. All right. So um, I think that I think the top guy is easily Dante Moore. Came up from Detroit. This was his second visit, and one thing with Dante is he had a. 
Penn State hosted this mini camp right before the Lash Bash. And it was kind of a, you know, they have to open every camp publicly, but, um, you know, it was kind of, it was a small opportunity for them to, to, to host a handful of really good elite players. And Dante was one of the guys that got to work out with Yurchis. So that kind of went under the radar with his um, Lash Bash visit. So uh, good to get him back on campus. I know Yurchis was really happy with how he threw. He's not, he's not much of a runner. Um, I, I'd be curious to get some some numbers on him from a testing perspective down the road. Um, but man, they I mean, they said he easily was probably the, the best passer that, that they can't with this year. Uh, Jaden Rashada came back from California, uh, Pittsburgh, California. I didn't know there was a Pittsburgh in California, but uh, he was back on campus. He's another California kid, man. Looked no like, H, uh, no H in that Pittsburgh. No, no H. Um he, he, you know, he had a good time. We, I've been texting with him a little bit. I believe you have been too. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have a story up on him in, in the coming days. And man, whenever you fly across the country twice in the span of a couple months uh, to to go visit schools all on your own, uh, I think that that is a serious sign of intent on on his interest in Penn State. So, be curious to see uh, when he returns. I would think I'd be surprised if he came back for another game this year, but. Wouldn't be surprised at all if it's a it's a top junior day in like December or January, and it's it's becoming pretty clear, especially because I think Dante Moore is kind of more of a Notre Dame Michigan lean. Um, Rashada may be their kind of maybe the the guy we need to start focusing on. So let's see how that works out. Just a couple other guys real quick. Raheem Jeter was up here, and he camped with Penn State this summer. He doesn't hold an offer yet, but he has a good offer list: Auburn, Georgia, South Carolina, Vatech, West Virginia. Uh, I believe he's from. Chaplin, South Carolina, I want to say. Uh, don't be surprised if he may be the next player to get an offer from from the quarterback group. They're not going to hand out a ton of quarterback offers. They want to focus on the guys they have. But uh, if if they start – the guys they've offered maybe start losing interest or, you know, narrow the list of schools, uh, keep an eye on Jeter because he, he camped with them and now he's returning for visits, which means Penn State's still very much interested. Just real quick then, Jaden Bradford – oh, he's from Chaplin, South Carolina. Sorry. Uh, he he was back a top twenty twenty four prospect. Jaden Davis was is the number one, um, pretty much the number one overall prospect for twenty twenty four. He didn't make it. He he ended up going to Georgia. So that's a little bit of a bummer for Penn State. And then Ryan Montgomery, twenty twenty five quarterback. Yes, I know twenty twenty five, but uh, he he already has a Penn State offer and a Michigan offer, and he was on campus too. So very deep list of quarterbacks there. Um, I think you know obviously with, with Drew Alar and Bo Prabula committed, they're in a pretty good spot. Be curious to see what they do in 2023 and 2024 moving forward. But, uh, you know, they're off to a good start with some really good players. The Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast is rolling on here. We've lost Ryan, so we're going to try and get him back here in just a second. But while we wait for him, we can tell you about the Blue White Illustrated Football Magazine. The October edition is on newsstands now. Nate Bauer is – there's Ryan. He's back. Nate Bauer did caught up with Penn State's strength staff to do a lick at the freaks in Penn State's at program from a weight, uh, weight training and conditioning perspective. Really cool stuff in there. Ryan has a lot of recruiting insight as well. So you'll definitely want to go see that. It, it, you can go to a couple different places to get it. It's on newsstands now, or you can visit to subscribe. Uh, co or I'm sorry, bluewhiteonline.com or call customer service 800-421-7751 Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. Ryan, we're coming overcoming all kinds of adversity to get through this podcast, uh, and we're coming down to the home stretch. Let's talk about a couple of things that happened lately. We, you know, Tyrese Fearbree was committed. Fearbree was committed to Penn State. He is now committed to Kentucky, which ends a very bizarre recruitment that. Started with a Penn State commitment, then a D commitment, and it was, what, like three weeks in between. Many people thought that many was going to pit, and he ends up committing to Kentucky. 
I was surprised. I thought he was supposed to be here. Uh, I didn't even see it, to wasn't. be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't even know that yeah, it I happened didn't until Sunday either. morning. Uh, yeah. I, ended up, I mean, someone texted me when we were out in the fields, and I didn't have service at the time, so I didn't really get it until we got up to the stadium, and then I saw um, – Look, I wish him. I wish him the best. I think he's a great kid, uh, but I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't visit Pitt again. Um, you know, I always kind of thought that once, once he decommitted from Penn State, it's going to be hard to get him back at Penn State. So, let's see what happens here. Um, like I said, I, if he doesn't go back to Pitt at least once or twice this season, I'd be very surprised. But I think that boat's kind of sailed for Penn State. Um, you know, this commitment already, I mean, obviously he's locked in or not locked in, but committed to, to Kentucky right now. So let's see. But um, uh, there's already, I believe, some people uh, that were OK if, if he wasn't uh, in this class. So let's see yeah. what happens. I, I wish him all the best. Yeah, I mean, the thing to me is just, look, once you commit and decommit, it has to be a pretty special circumstance to recommit. Um, that's just the way it is. And. When you say you're going to come on a visit and then don't, and I mean it just it sometimes things just don't work out. I think that's the case here. We'll just be real quick on Andre uh, Andre Roy because we talked about him earlier. But again, we're recording this September 21st. We think we're recording. Who knows? We'll find out. But um, you know, we expect him to commit on September 22. But he's so quiet that there's we don't even know what his plan is yet. So I guess just stay tuned. Is that really what we're just telling people at this point, Ryan? Okay, so uh, the one thing I'll say is, you know, I've been I've been trying to speak with Penn State sources about this for two three days now, and I know they were trying to line up a Zoom with him, and as of this morning, I know that Zoom hadn't still taken place. So, you know, stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're they're trying to get a feel for what he's thinking. He's incredibly quiet. He's been incredibly quiet for months, not just with me and reporters and colleagues at Rivals and two forty seven and on three and all that, but but with coaches as well. So <laughs> this is a very difficult one to read, man. I'm not going to yeah. pretend that I have a great feel for this. I have never felt uh, good really one way or the other. I think it will be Penn State or Maryland, although that's why I'm hesitant to, to rule out Rutgers too because I'm not even exactly sure if, if Rutgers is still in the mix or not. So, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Would, he had the top four that also included NC State. I've kind of kicked them out of my thought process yeah. here, but – Penn State, Maryland, and Rutgers, I don't think anyone would be surprised if any one of those schools was the choice. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even commit. I mean, yeah. like, I, I'm not – Yeah, I, I think this is totally up in the air. We're, we're a day out from where uh, his, his uh, you know, schedule commitment date would be. And, you know, I just – we're going to put his tweets on notifications and write a story ahead of time to be prepared in case it's Penn State. But right now, I mean, I this is – I can't think of recruitment in – a very long time where I've had like generally no idea. And then when I reach out to Penn state and it feels like they have no idea either. I mean, yeah. maybe they have a better idea than they are telling me, but I feel like this one is just completely up in the air. All right, let's wrap up with this. Uh, any insight, early insight on what we can expect for Villanova. I think that people may assume that because it's a throwaway game, so to speak, that it's a throwaway game for recruits, but that's not the case. They'll have some guys on campus. Look, it was probably, I was looking at your, and inside the Lions Den Premium Forum, you posted the first two visitor lists for Ball State and Auburn, and it has to be one of, if not the best September visitor list in program history. And, uh, you know, Villanova's not going to pack the kind of punch that Ball State in the first home game in two years, and then Auburn the Whiteout did, but they'll have some guys in town. They'll be able to take advantage of this opportunity. It'll be similar to Ball State, you know, a uh, handful of 
2022 commits who will make the trip, you know, probably the guys who already live in Pennsylvania, a couple of them maybe will come up. Uh, I think Sean Battle tweeted out last night that he was planning he to make it. So yes. that's a, there's a top 2023 guy. I, we could probably see a handful of other uh, scholarship 2023 guys, but uh, just from talking to guys, a lot of them are already talking about coming back to Indiana. I know Phil Pixiotti was is, is one of them. Is it Pixiotti? Pixiotti? I, I believe I, that's I, right. I, yes. Yeah. Probably asked him, <laughs> but uh, I know he's planning to come back for Indiana. Uh, the I'm expecting the Archbishop Wood players: Samaj Bridgman, Marcus Dixon, uh, Eric Gardner. I believe that's the three. Um, yes. They're they're planning to come back for the Indiana game. So. Um, you know, I don't want to overlook Villanova and then the list that will be there. And I'm uh, overlooking Villanova from a game <laughs> perspective. We don't have to do it for the recruiting perspective. Heck, you're going down to see yeah, I, Dennis Sutton, which is, which is really exciting. I know. I think we should mention that. You'll be down to get to see him in person. He has had a monster start to his year after the injury kept him mm-hmm. off of it to start. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, and he's playing Abdul Carter and LaSalle, who I already saw play. But Abdul well, you Carter saw LaSalle play. play, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so uh, I originally was um, playing to see Deny play that weekend. Uh, but then when he got hurt, I was looking for a game. And, uh, you know, I want to see Stone Saunders, the upcoming uh, Bishop McDevitt quarterback. And I thought yeah. Abdul Carter would be playing that game, so it would be a good one to see. And then, of course, I get there in like 45 minutes before he's not playing. So it was a great way to start the season, let me tell you. Yeah, but now that we're, was we're... the same night that I watched nothing but rain at Manheim Township. So <laughs> we had a we had a good start there. At least Hopefully, I got a game. Yeah, yeah we're true. hoping for a better outcome this, uh, yeah, this weekend yeah. as well. But, yeah, just looking forward to that, man. It should be a great game. Two Penn State players denies off to a great start. Um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly skip the Villanova game to go watch deny Dennis Sutton and Abdul Carter play. No doubt. All right. Well, thank you for sticking with us. This has been another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. Catch us at bluewhiteillustrated.com. YouTube is youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated. And don't forget, hit like, hit subscribe, leave us some feedback, and stay tuned for the latest Penn State football and recruiting news. We will catch you next time.